Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. It's a tiring game. The Mavericks escaped the Timberwolves 110 to 108. I apologize for my voice in advance. I have been sick for the past week or so, and I've only gotten worse. And then tonight I asked if Josh could go ahead and record the podcast. I think he's going to be doing that with Matt Phillips. So that'll be on your uh, feeds a little later tonight. But I wanted to go ahead and hop in here and talk to you guys because we had two terrible, um, terrible games since the, yeah, you hear that in my voice there. Awful. Uh, two terrible games over the weekend. Um, and yeah, so here we are. So remember, um, if you want to invite yourself up on stage, go ahead and hit that request button. If I, you know, if you hear your name, uh, come up on stage and be sure you're not muted and look for the ring around your icon. It's been a little, <clears throat> it's been a little bad lately with folks who've been in here repeatedly who don't, who are having hard times with the app when you come up on stage. So I'm going to try to give it a little bit of time, but I'm actually getting a lot of complaints <laughs> from people emailing in asking what I'm doing, uh, uh, with guests and stuff. So I, I would love it if we figured it out on the front end. So, all right, coming up first is going to be my man, Mohit. What's happening? Hey, can you hear me? I can. Yeah, what a game. Uh, that probably took a year off my life, but um, that was a huge win. You know, there number was right behind us, so we definitely needed that one. Uh, so we have this Mavs Moneyball Slack where we talk during the games, and like that's where all my hottest takes go now. Like I bitched about Dorian missing three after three the entire game, um, and then he hits that killer one, yada yada yada. But one thing I will say is like at halftime, Josh Bow is like, "We're we're winning this game. We're winning this game." And like I will say, Josh is very rarely wrong when he calls a game pretty early on about what's happening, and that was gonna fucking kill me when they're down by three and then they get up and it's like, I mean, the cardiac Mavericks are painful. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty scary. Uh, Tim rules made that late run. I think they went up three with maybe just like three minutes, something remaining. Um, so that was, that was pretty scary, but honestly, I actually had like, you know, just a small feeling that it wasn't really due to us collapsing. Like in the past, it was just like some shots weren't going in, a couple of sloppy plays and a couple of tough shots that they made. So then we went on a seven zero run, I think right after that. So that was, that was pretty, uh, pretty telling. Yeah. The clutch time Mavericks are wildly effective and I don't understand how it's possible. That big Brunson bucket, that big Luca bucket. Um, and then Luca, you know, it's weird. I was, I, I'm friends with a number of Wolves fans and I'm like watching my time and they're like, Oh, Luca just never stops bitching. And like he, number one, he really wasn't tonight. He was getting a little upset, but they were being very physical with him, but he wasn't doing some of the things he normally does versus towns who I saw complain to the ref after he had an open dunk and ran into the stanchion. I'm like, what, what are we, what are we doing here? There's just a lot of chitter chatter. Those refs did a very poor job and they had a hard time keeping control of the game. And I'm just, I'm glad it worked out in the Mavs favor, but this, uh, I think they play again Friday. That's going to be a, a, a tough. Yeah. The refs are actually something else that I, I kind of noticed that the Mavs handled better than I expected or than that they handled in the past. Like just like that last sequence where it was just a foul and then like free throws and then the challenge, another foul and like more free throws, like th- that easily could have gone pretty poorly like you know Luca maybe getting a technical somewhere in there but he handled that that challenge really well like he immediately knew that Bev uh, kind of jumped into him and he uh he like called for the challenge and I saw before that too he was kind of like during a timeout I think he was kind of just like calmly talking to the refs um 
and then he does never stop talking to them like that. <laughs> like he might have changed how he's talked talking to them, but he still talks to them. <laughs> yeah, but look what's come of it. You know, we won two challenges off of Luca knowledge. You know, look at Luca ref knowledge. So that 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 might be something. Yeah, I I I, I enjoyed that game. Right up until the final six minutes, because they, I don't know, the Mavs had such control and then they, you know, they just kind of walked away from it. I mean, Luca only having four free throws is a pretty, you know, with how much he had the ball and how much he was baited into stuff, it was, it was pretty bad. But, you know, they won. Um, huge Reggie Bullock game, six of 11 from three. Uh, you know, obviously we've not talked about our, our, our basketball lord and savior Dwight Powell coming to play. March and April Dwight Powell is, is a fearsome, fearsome competitor. 22 points and eight boards. Just a really nice way to, to kick off. Yeah, that was my last point actually. Uh, our three and D guys really came to play. Super nice having Reggie back. He didn't miss a beat. And, uh, I think having both of them on the floor at the same time or just like having, being able to rotate uh dodo and uh bullock in and out was uh pretty yes. big and uh they hit the, they both hit clutch shots so loved it uh yeah that's great yeah well thanks for coming up all right yeah thanks talk soon all right let's go with jason it's been a while how are you jason been good been good haven't caught too i mean i haven't caught these green move five too much but oh the past couple losses were pretty rough but they came up I mean, with we had, like we had fun. Like we had fun. You know, the so. the my buddy HP basketball is like it's like he specifically tweets to troll me, even though he has like uh, like two hundred fifty thousand followers. Where he said if the Mavericks hadn't gotten blown out by Charlotte, they'd be tied in fourth. And it's like, well, we, we're playing with like four and a half actual NBA players on on Saturday. <laughs> it, thing- like it kind of pisses me off that they keep throwing away these games where it's like, oh, let's just rest a couple guys and let's let Reggie get another game for practice. Like, yeah. I feel like this happens every single time it gets like a below 500 team. It's like, seriously, get like, I don't know. Like, seeding is so important, I feel like, and they just don't care I about agree. the seeding. Which, like, to some extent, I do understand. Like, they're going to be somewhere in four or five, six, but like, like getting home court feels super important versus Utah of all people, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. But yeah, this game, I don't know. I don't want to talk about the refs. They were they were so bad. We all know they're so bad. Like that cat call on out of bounds. Oh my goodness. That ref was like right next to him too. It's correct me insane. But yeah. Other than that, I don't know. I feel like I don't know, Jalen and Spencer and Luca all had good games at once. I guess Luca didn't have that good of a game. He got like kind of pissed off at Pat Bev, it feels like, but he got hot at the right time. And then just Jalen Spencer, I feel like, especially in the first half, they kind of carried Luca when he was scoreless for most of the first half there. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was really, it, it was a, a game that they needed to win. Um, I, I have a feeling they dropped the Friday game just because winning against a, a team two times in a week is pretty hard to do. But I was, uh, you know, the Wolves are the kind of hungry team you got to fight off. I mean, they've won so many games as of late. And, and the fact that the Mavericks were able to beat them is, uh, is something I and I'll give the Wolves credit here. They came to play, and they really played hard. Like, I don't know, they were playing way worse than the Mavs, but they just hustled and got second-chance points. And just, I mean, as much as I hate Pat Bev, he did play hard, and he played to his strengths, I guess, which is the refs not calling anything on him. So yeah. good on him, I suppose. But we won. Thank God for those. Like, that Dodo 3 at the end. That Dodo 3 and the, that Dodo layup at I have no idea how Dorian got that layup at the end. That possession was going nowhere. And he somehow drove and extended and got a layup out of that. Like, I don't know. Like, as much as I hate kids sometimes, like, 
he has put Dory in, in these situations more, and I feel like that's not something he would do a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm 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 glad they won, and it was it was really something. So, all right. Well, what else do you got, Jason? Anything before we go? Uh, that's pretty much it. Thank God we won this game. That's what I would have been super yeah. pissed off. Oh yeah, because they were up by 15, and then they just all of a sudden weren't. Because the Wolves are really good. Got to respect them. Yep, for sure. All right, talk soon, buddy. All right, my man Chris, you're next. What's up? Hey, Kirk, how's it going? I'm okay. Yeah, well, you're the goat because you're doing the Lord's work here. Sick. So we really appreciate it, and that was the quickest green room invite we've ever had. So. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I normally do. I normally do the podcast with Josh, collect my thoughts, then do one of these, and I just I can't do both. I've I've slept probably nine. I've slept over ninety minutes in succession. Like I'll wake up like three in the morning hacking. So <laughs> it's just it's lovely. It's a, these Texas allergies are really kicking my ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you get the feeling better. Um, with tonight's game, yeah, Dwight Powell, the November, December, and January, his sins have been forgiven because he's just – and he always plays hard, but he always does these clumsy things during the game. But I don't know, lately he's just been playing – he's just doing his role, and that's all we can ask for. Uh, yeah. Maxi Kleber is very, very, very concerning. Like, the, he's getting these wide-open shots. I don't know what is wrong with this shot. That is concerning. Well, um, what's what's wrong with his offense is that it it is he is 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 the shot is looking better. He went through two or three games where it was like, oh no, this is like a like like a, a guy who who is like torn something and can't figure it out. But tonight the shots were at least looking better. They just didn't go. I, I, they yeah. they need to do a couple of things to get him early looks. They need to rim run him some and 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 I think get a dunk or two. But it's like when he missed a free throw. I mean, it's it's really been quietly a pretty piss poor year on offense for Maxi. It's just we don't really think about it because you know the difference between him being a 33% and a 40% shooter is not that big a difference for the Mavericks because he doesn't take that much volume. Yeah. Oh, and when he did miss that free throw, I had like a half a bottle of water and I got so pissed, I squeezed it and just like it spewed everywhere. I was like, I'm just so frustrated with him missing. <laughs> just all the missed threes, like 0 for six from three. But big picture when it comes to him. If he plays really hard on defense, gets rebounds, I mean, that's that's even better because, he, yeah, he, he does guard some, you know, difficult players and, and all. But Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, I mean, the, these guys are going to be the X factor because Luka didn't even have a great night tonight. I mean, was he 15, 6, and 10? Um, yeah, with Finney-Smith, I mean, 3 for 8. Reggie Bullock, 6 for 11. I mean, that's going to keep keep us afloat. I mean, we're up 16. We let him back in the game, but uh, we <laughs> – God, we needed this game. We would have lost this one. We would have only been like a half a game of, you know, above this the seventh spot. Jesus, like well, messing around with the season here. If we get to the play-in tournament here, you know. So, well, luckily for us, there's still plenty of times for things to go to hell. We need to call pest control though, because we got Beverly coming Friday again, or they're playing in Minnesota. Uh, hopefully, this will be the time that you know we can win back-to-back games against a team that we played, you know, recently. So. Um, but Wednesday cannot drop and drop a bomb there and, and lose against Houston. Oh, just and well, the, the Rockets won tonight, and and they're just. I mean, <clears throat> the Mavericks have handled their business, and it's it's just they're they're really talented. I mean, you, you get caught like the Mavericks can't do the rest thing that that they did against Charlotte. They can't do it. They need to go out, take care of business, and then rest guys by only playing their starters twenty five minutes. That's how you rest players. 
And Luca is getting the ultimate test on not picking up his 15th technical <laughs> with Beverly. And he's got another test on Friday. And I feel like he did great tonight. I mean, it just, I mean, yeah, Beverly was I just mean, doing I, all those shenanigans. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Pat Bev get refed very differently on Friday. I mean, I say this in all seriousness because, like, Luca's going to have to deal with people hitting him, right? He's going to have to deal with some of this stuff. But the extracurriculars that were going on, 40 feet from the basket, the hand-checking stuff, you literally can't fucking hand-check. Now, if the NBA wants to put that back in the game, fine. Do it. I don't care. But you cannot slap somebody's forearm the way all the the NBA uh, players are doing tonight. And, excuse me, and it's just, it's really frustrating to see that sort of thing go on and it just not get called. Where Pat Bev is, like, the the sort of, like, non-basketball stuff, like, I mean, he really hurt Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is an ass clown, but he changed Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook's career with his bullshit, and I don't want to see that sort of thing. I appreciate how hard he plays. I'm sure we would like him if he was on our team, but my God, the Wolves might have won that game if Patrick Beverly had no woke loop. And you know what my worst fear is, is not losing Friday's game, but, yeah, Luka actually getting injured because of Patrick Beverly being a psycho out there. Yeah, so. well, I mean, I, like, like, I appreciate he's, that. He's like, like did, you see him, did you see him kind of – like briefly acknowledge one and one another after the game. Like it's a thing they both understand exists. I mean, it's oh, yeah, I, would want, I would want him on the team. I would want Patrick Beverly on the team. I mean, you got to have a, someone like that. Like we had Deshaun Stevenson back in 2011. I mean, Patrick Beverly takes it to another level, but you got to have someone like that to kind of muck it up sometimes, you know, to get your, your team riled up and get back in the game. So, um, but yeah, take care of business on Wednesday and then hopefully we can, create some more separation uh, against the Timberwolves. We just don't, we don't want that play-in game. We, we all know no. that. that anything can happen. So. <laughs> no, it's rough. All oh, right. I got well, thank you for hanging out, Chris. We'll talk soon, all right? All right, thank you. Okay. Who we got next? Got all sorts of people. I'm going to let my guy Ruben come in here because the later I, I put Ruben up on stage, the more likely he is to have uh, inadvertently switched over to Apple Music. What's up, Ruben? Not this time, not this time. Hey, man. hey, I feel your pain. I told you uh, my sinuses were, like, messing with me out here, man. My whole eye was, like, super pink, but uh, – and I felt like shit. So I hope you get over that, uh, that those allergies, man. Uh, but uh, definitely, I, I – you know, my heart doesn't race in these games anymore, being, like, a lifelong Maverick fan. Um, I'm just used to it at this at this point. Uh, especially like when the team is trying to like win from the free throw, uh, free throw line. Now, if they were trying to like pass the ball in and that's when the Mavericks fuck up a lot, uh, and miss like the open guy. But, um, I'm definitely, uh, proud of Luca, the way he handled, you know, being fouled and nothing was getting called. Even a kickball wasn't even called. And I'm kind of wondering what song he's like rapping in his head or something. I hope it's like Drake's uh, God's Plan or something like that. Tonight, yeah. he probably created a remix in his head because he was like pretty chill. Um, and he's like, I don't know, he's turned into like a floor general. Um, like, I think it was like the, it was two threes in a row. And the last one was Dorian Finney Smith's three. He was telling people, like, no, you go over here, you go over here. I'm about to do this and just wait. He li- It looked like he called the play, like, on the court. Like, I, I'm i so excited to, where, to see where he, you know, ends up, you know, when he's in his 30s or something like that. You know, like, 
the man is going to be unstoppable. He might have had an off game, but he was putting people in positions to to pretty much win the game the whole time. I know Maxi wasn't hitting his threes, yeah, but yeah. that is definitely going to be a key in the playoffs. I feel like we're like in the playoffs now, I, and well, they should game. treat that Friday game with the Timberwolves as a playoff game because you know you got to win. Yep. What games in a row, you know, even when you have an off night, you got to win these games in a row. Like, you cannot slack off. And that's one thing I will give Luca, uh, outside of all these players that, you know, on the team taking personal days. Uh, just Luca does not miss a game, even like if he's going through a shooting slump or, you know, he runs so fast and he feels like he pulls something, he grits it out doesn't take a game off, you literally have to, like, slash his tire so he won't get to the practice facility. Like, I love that in this player. So, um, but those are a couple things that I had on my mind after this game. Uh, Powell, as much as we shit on him. He's been great. Man, this man is – he can't do no wrong. And you – he will get in foul trouble with these bigs, um, especially, you know, with Cat, just like he doesn't give a care when he gets downhill. So um, but him and Maxi, like their defense is definitely it's irreplaceable. And when the Mavs hustle like they did tonight, like you had Dorian Finney Smith going out for for uh, for a ball, a free ball. And then you had Jalen Brunson. Out muscling, uh, what's the big guy that got in foul trouble? I think it was him. Little man was like, "Yo, give me this ball." When when the Mavs are hustling, and when I know Maxie Jared is Vanderbilt, gonna get his yeah. shot, he he's gonna find his shot. Uh, you know, here I, I hope pretty soon. Um, he just needs to keep shooting and um, do not pass the ball as much as he does now because he's he's not a point guard at all. <laughs> so. When when somebody gives him the ball, just shoot it. We they that that just shows the team still believes in him and his defense is irreplaceable. So he will be on the floor. But um, hell of a game. Love games like this. Um, and I definitely wasn't nervous towards the end because I don't know Pat Bev at a free throw line. And how good was he though on that thing? Like he executed that amazingly. Like they really yes. put the fear of God in Dallas. Like I got you got to kind of give it up for how how well they played there. For sure. Like it, yeah, Pat Bev is one player I hope that ends up on the Mav before his career ends because him in a Maverick uniform. I hope like uh, Josh Green can get some of his mannerism and like because Josh Green is like kind of pex, uh, pesky too. But he just doesn't talk like Pat Bev, but he definitely got in Luca's head just a slight bit. But I, I like the way Luca um handled it. And you know you what, they share the same agent, so I'm pretty sure they then had drinks with each other, like talking shit and all kinds of stuff. So uh but definitely love the game. Um and I was trying to think I had one more point to bring up, but uh I guess I need to get off. No but worries, definitely love the game. Uh, when the Mavs hustle, we can beat anybody. Like when we're diving for the ball, ripping down rebounds, we can beat anybody. But they definitely need to treat Friday's game like a playoff game. I hope so. I hope so. Well, thanks, Ruben. We'll talk soon. All right. All right. Now. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's go with my man Brett. Hey, Brett. Hey, Kurt. Uh, I want to I want to shout out uh, Reggie Bullock, who came back, and I think like his performance was one of probably one of the biggest reasons that they won, especially considering Luke had an off night. Um, I mean, th- what he did in tonight's game is basically the reason that they that he like th- that they signed him in the off season. Um, like when he can hit his threes at this rate, like th- it. It just makes the team like completely different than when he's not out there. Yeah. Um. And and then obviously playing you know not elite defense but like pretty good defense on the other end. Um. It just shows you what they missed last couple of games. Uh, well, and it's it's kind of crazy because of his shots tonight. He was six of eleven from three, and I remember three other ones that were all the way down and bounced out like. A couple more shots in this game might not have been a game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if well, yeah, that's how I felt the whole game. I mean, he had, I mean, the Timberwolves held the Mavs to like not a really high scoring night, but I think the Timberwolves played really bad defense. Um, I like, I don't think that, like, there were moments in which they, you know, got a lot of offensive rebounds and stuff, and that's really how they kept themselves in the game. Uh, and Luca kind of turning the ball over a lot, especially early in the game, really, um, you know, helped them. the The Wolves lead early, but the Mavs, like, I mean, Dwight Powell got like a million dunks. They like Luca found three point shooters in the corners consistently, like the entire game. That they probably had, you know, at least like twenty wide open like looks on the perimeter. Um, and I mean, like if, if you know Dorian, you know, and and Reggie each hit an extra three. And you know, Kleba hits even a single shot, like then it's just like it's not a, it's not that tight of a game. Right. I mean, I mean, I think I think they shot what like um they were they were fourteen of forty six from three. Yes, yeah, thirty percent from three. So I mean, and, and the Mavs regularly shoot what like closer to like thirty four, thirty five. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the difference of one or two shots. But when it's a game that like doesn't, I mean, the Mavericks are this close to blowing the doors off, and the Wolves packing it up and, and not then saying we'll just try this another day. And enough Mavericks were unable to hit wide open shots. I mean, it was like I was on. <laughs> I mean, like Luca missed some open threes. Brunson uh, hit a, it missed a couple. Like Dorian's misses in the first half were going to kill me. Because it was giving me like 2017 flashbacks where he gets open and just can't hit it. And there were a couple that were like that, you know, and I got to, this is not a criticism, but it's just, it's a point of fact. If you're shooting from the corner and you miss off the back of the rim, it's effectively a turnover because the ball bounces out long rebound and yeah. it basically allowed the wolves to push. And the wolves are really good in training. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder what the actual statistics on it, but it feels like anecdotally as if Dorian shoots better in the second half of games. Like I, I have, I have lots of memory. Like I distinctly remember him in many games, you know, missing regularly, like, like in the first quarter, Luca will will generate a couple really wide open shots. He'll miss them. But then he just really does hit stuff in the fourth quarter. Really like, at least to my knowledge, very well, or it's, or like, like, I don't, I don't recall him missing lots of shots, you know, late that the, you know, that, that were important then. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dinwiddie being back, obviously huge. He drew like he took like what like something like seven free throws. Um, which I mean, him getting to the line again, that's like him getting like every, basically everything that he's done since coming to the Mavs has been just like 
incredibly needed and, you know, makes them just so much of a more dynamic team. Um, and Absolutely. The, the lineup, they I, they didn't play it like really the rest of the, the the end of the game, but they played it for like a possession or two. But the one where it's basically like Luca at Lucas playing center with with the with uh, Reggie and Dorian and and uh, Jalen and yes. Dinwiddie Th- that lineup what they did in like two possessions like where they the clock the clock kind of ran down but at the end of the possession Jalen and then Luca in succession just just drove to the into the empty paint and got a layup. That is what happened to the Mavs in the playoffs last year and the year before that, where this, where the the um, the Clippers would play those kind of lineups where they have a bunch of forwards and guards and who all can obviously shoot at a pretty high percentage from three. Like like those are all three point shooters. Like Luca is the worst of them, but obviously the three he takes are you know not as high quality. But but like you know that's that's five capable you know three point shooters and like. That, that paint will be wide open every single time against a lineup like that. Obviously, you can't play that for that long or long long stretches because of you know defense and rebounding. But late in games in the playoffs, that's the lineup that I expect to be to get much more run than it has you know so far. I don't expect to see it until then, but I think that I think that that's a lineup that will that will work. I think um, so too. I mean, especially considering this a the style of defense they play. Um, B Luca's improvement on defense. Um, like 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 Dorian's the worst defender of those five. Um, and that's just because he's like short. Um, wow. like 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 I mean he just has the limitations that anyone at his height would have. Um, but he also but he plays like I mean he plays good positional defense and he also like takes charges very well. Brunson, like, do you mean Brunson? You said Dorian. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, Brunson. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brunson does. And then obviously, you know, Reggie's a plus defender, Dorian's an elite defender, and Dinwiddie and Luca both, while not great defenders, are both very large for guards. Yeah. Um, but like, it, like that lineup doesn't feel small when you're playing like. No. Fl- I mean, like, the, like, the tip, the tip that, um, that, 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 uh, Dinwiddie got to, to kind of push like the, the catch on that when it was at like at eight seconds left for the three. I mean, Dinwiddie's arms are are longer than everyone expects almost every time. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Brett. You got anything else? Nope. Thanks for having me up. Oh, yeah, no problem. Who's coming next? Let's go with my man, Robert. Robert, welcome to the show. How are you? Hit that unmute button for us when you come back out. Give Robert a second here because I don't recognize his name. See if he can find the the unmute button. You when you come back out on the main page, that wow, sound like a teenage boy. Um, when you come back out on the main page, you want to hit the unmute button uh, outside of the chat. It's down at the bottom of the page. You hit it when you came back out. All right, Robert, you can try to come back up later and I'll invite you. Um, Sam, you got to go to school in the morning. So you're like 14 years old. Tell us, tell us what you're up. Man, chill out. I'm not that young, man. <laughs> oh, you heard. I, I mean, you heard my voice. I sound like I, you know, yeah. I've just been standing over a, <laughs> yeah. a log. When he said, when he said, teenage boy, I'm like, <laughs> that was funny. But um, and man, this is a great game. This gave me like a lot of playoff energy. I mean, I, if, if this ever was a series in the future, I'd, this would be. A, 
this would be a really good series to watch. And I, anytime Pat Bev and Luca play against each other, it's funny. And well, yeah, I mean, if, if the but, if the damn Timberwolves would have hit like one of four open layups, this might not have been like it yeah. might have been over. There were like just some crazy. Might have been horrible. Yeah, but Dwight Powell, I mean, he's playing to the best of his abilities. I mean, he can't really play much better than this. Like this is the the most we can. I agree. Get from him. I, I, and then I, he did a really good job of slowing down uh, Carl Anthony Towns. You, you, you could see Carl Anthony Towns was getting frustrated with the um, with the way he was playing defense on him. Absolutely, yes. And, yeah, and the, uh, also those Reggie Bullock and Finney Smith threes, oh, my God, that got me so happy. I was so happy seeing Reggie Bullock and, Finney, and Dido hit those threes. I mean – Reggie, finally, I mean, bless Reggie, but, uh, you know, he came back and after, after, you know, whatever's going on, I, I guess now he's back in that basketball mood, but he, he's, if he can be this Reggie, then that, that puts the Mavs in a whole nother conversation. I, I, he's then, so important then, to what they do. And then Witty's just like, nobody talking, like, I feel like we haven't given him enough credit. He's the one that kind of, he was the one that, that was keeping the whole like fourteen to fifteen point lead in the third quarter. The third quarter was just a bunch of back and forth half court basketball, and no timeouts, which is amazing. No timeouts, no. It's just a bunch of grown men playing basketball. I mean, it was great. I really, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I did too. Because this is the part that I've liked about the last several weeks is, you know, <clears throat> Jesus, this that just such a terrible thing. What's going on with my voice right now? Like. Being able to give a shit about March basketball is so great because, you know, before the play-in, at this point in the year, you're playing teams that are, like, trying to tank. So this is not fun. Like, this is fun. Yeah. And I just hope nothing goes wrong. I I, I just hope we don't fall at our seating or anything. You well, know? there's there's uh, only so uh, many uh, games uh, left. So, I mean, they, they started off the week yeah. right. They play the Rockets. They play the Wolves. They play the Jazz. So I'll be honest with you. If they come out of this week and it's Sunday night and they've gone two and two, I'm going to be okay with that. I mean, yeah. I won't be okay with that. I'll fucking bitch and whine like I always yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to whine too because I'm like, oh, I want that third seed. You know, Golden State, Curry's out for – he could right. be out for – we could get some – I don't know. But, yeah, man, I, a lot of stuff could go wrong. But, you know, why not? Why, why worry about the negative? Just be positive, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, buddy. All Talk right, soon, all right? See you, Kurt. Have a good all right, we're going to try Robert again because I don't recognize. Robert, how are you? Robert, when you're pulled out of the chat, there's a mute button at the bottom of the page. It's right next to where you hit the request to join. Give you just a second more. This is just great audio. There we go. Do you, do you hear me now? I do. Yay, thank you. That's really nice of you, Doug. Yeah, I want people to join this platform. It's not easy to use at first. <laughs> like I've gotten really good at multitasking, but it's honestly a little uh, 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 frightening. I first like the first time I talked to Mark Stein, I completely like, and I do this all the time, and I screwed up getting on stage with him. So yeah, yeah. So I have like kind of one thing, and then kind of a second thing that's sort of similar. Um, so when the KP trade happened, and I, I'm not trying to even bring it up in general or bring it up specifically, but just in general, there was talk about how it's good because now they can just go Luca ball completely. Right. Um, 
but I'm starting to wonder. And so I want some of your feedback because I could be I could be wrong here because I actually thought the Wolves played really good right. defense on Luca tonight. But it, it but it feels like this year, like Luca just doesn't get to the rim as much, and it just it's just so many threes. And I liked at the end of the game when Brunson got to the rim, and then Luca finally did one of those crazy layups he does where he just gets it off the high glass, but it feels like when they're ice cold like that, they just have to get just some different kind of looks, you know, just for my own sanity. I feel like I just can't see them brick, you know, 30 threes a game. Sure. Um, and that it kind of is hurting them in a sense, right? Because I know sometimes, hey, they're threes, right? They're going to fall, they're not. But it feels yeah. like they, they just have to do a better job integrating more offense i know it's easier said than done because now teams are just tripling luca when he gets into the lane but they've got to figure out how to get you know they do some dribble handoffs with him so he can get some momentum sometimes i uh, do that with uh you know with uh finney smith who's done a great job attacking closeouts and yep. but i don't know i wanted to see what you thought so what the mavericks do and i'm gonna apologize in advance for my voice cracking 900 times what the mavericks do when they get these dwight powell alley-oops are almost always off of like they're, they're either they're pick and rolls that come out of set plays. They're not necessarily like free flowing offense stuff. It puts the wolves in a bit of a bind and it makes them choose. But outside of what the Mavericks do and what Luca does and Dinwiddie too, is they get a lot of, of rim pressure without yep. having a real rim threat. And, and that's not a shot at Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell is they utilize him. Like my guy, Sim said before, I don't think we could get more out of Dwight Powell than what we're getting. And oh, no. if, he's great. <laughs> right. And so, so one of the goals of the off season is going to have to be finding someone else to either compliment Powell or be, you know, a, a starter ahead of Powell that can put true rim pressure on. Like the guy that comes to mind is Tyson Chandler, obviously 40, you know, 44 years old, but like a guy that's seven foot one and can roll to the rim repeatedly. Like Dwight Powell is six foot 11 with a six foot 11 wingspan. The plus wingspan thing as as Spencer Dinwiddie has shown us is really valuable. And it's why like, you know, I've been crying for two days that Memphis's Jalen Duran is not going to be a guy that's available to the Mavericks in the draft because he'll probably get picked in like the top 15. And that's really what they need in future in like next year. So right now they they basically have to manufacture that rim pressure and it's it's going to get increasingly difficult as the game plans tighten up because Luca is driving more uh, and really it started mid December. Istok Franco wrote a piece for for um, D Magazine about it. He's always great to follow on this sort of stuff about <clears throat> how Rup, how Luca started getting to the line more because really he just started putting his head down and was getting fouled. Tonight was a good example of the fact where his driving was not resulting in foul calls like i've been seeing like one of my friends is trolling me as we're talking and keeps sending me all these tweets of people saying luca's annoying like luca got to the line four times like one of the things about his pale ass skin is you can see how marked up he looks after the game and so the mavericks like you said they do need to find a way to to get some easier shots but you know the other thing is i i desperately need matt luca's teammates to hit the open threes he's serving the first half you know outside of bullock no one was hitting anything and it was just getting a little bit yeah the Ma- i'm not even going to talk about the maxi stuff I mean, that just <laughs> is what it is um you know it is what it is and he'll it's either going to happen or it's not they have to play him but um and actually this i'm glad you brought up chandler because this brings up the 
the second thing I was going to meant I, I want to ask you about not signing 44 year old Tyson Chandler, but I've been thinking about next year, right? And thinking about who they can bring in now that they've kind of gone all in on Luca Ball. The problem is that, like, it's hard, you know, and maybe this is just because I only watch the teams that I watch, you know, but it's hard to think of guys who would be available and would be yes. a good fit. Like, I think yeah, of Sean Holmes, right? Who's a guy who's, you know, he makes like 12 million a year. He's, he's out of favor in the Kings, he can't play with Sabonis. But he's not someone like he gets that vertical pressure like Powell does, right? But he's not someone who they can't run this frenetic defense with him. Right. right? That's a and and that's an understated point. People are not like paying attention to what the Mavericks are doing on defense because I keep saying like this is why Boban can't play. But that's a that's yes. a value. And that's why Kleba has to. That's play. right. I mean, this is why Kleba has to play because he is so he's such a such a good defender. He's just so so important that even doing nothing on offense, he has to play crunch yep. time. And so it's hard to to think of a guy like Chandler, right, or like the ten guys that the Raptors had when they won the title, who can defend on the perimeter, protect the rim, and can and can switch. Well, do you want to know the real? <clears throat> you want to know the real frustrating part, Robert? And we're all friends here. We've been talking about Cuban owns for the team. Cuban's making the decisions. Well, not just that, but we're going to pay the price for years for Cuban and Donnie's bullshit for, for six years. Like, I, I just don't know any other way to phrase it. Like, there's a guy in here the other night who didn't understand that the Mavericks still owed a pick for the KP trade. Now, oh, that, the KP trade is what it is. just didn't work. But when you don't utilize the draft properly, like I've been arguing with Dalton for three days about Josh green. He's like, Oh, Josh green is fine. And I'm like, but Josh green is not good enough for the team that they have. Right. Like it's, it's, it's not his fault. It is what it is. And so in order to make these improvements, you have to go to the resources that you have available, which are player improvement, the NBA draft free agency, the Mavericks suck at two out of the three of those things. (laughs) Right. Right. No, I know, I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Because last year when I started really, you know, I was kind of a Mavs fan. I'm a Pistons fan, but I was like a Mavs fan back in the day too as my West Coast team. I got back really into it last year. And Green is someone I would see and would be like, oh, he's fun. And he is fun. And for a late first, he is good. But like when that's all, like that's the only way to get guys, that's not good. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I, I will say, and and it's worth noting that they have some options this off season. It doesn't feel like it right now, but you know, Dwight Powell is a, he's as close to an, an asset as he's ever going to be. He'll have one year left at about $12 million. Maxie, I think has a partially guaranteed deal. Um, there's things I think they can do is, is the point. But the problem is that everyone who has value and I don't want to stay on too long, but everyone who has value is like just so important to them, right? And I know that's maybe just me not being able to imagine what the new team would look oh, like. Oh, and but... that's a fair point. But this is the thing. And I mean, Cuban, you know, when he came on when he came on our show, I think he he, he kind of made clear that like he's understanding that he has to go with the vision that his GM and coach see together. Okay. I don't ever think he'll ever admit to saying he was wrong. That's just not in his vocabulary. But there is something to the fact that like it, it it was kid. I don't know this for a fact, but I can't help but think that kid sort of, you know, gassed Porzingis up and made him tradable to a degree that he could be. 
you know, and then they convinced, okay, we got to move on from this huge bet because none of the guys on this team outside of Luka Doncic, and this includes Spencer Dinwiddie, none of these guys, like Luka's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. If the Mavericks win a championship in the next five years, the likelihood that any of these guys is on the team right now is low. That's not because they're no, bad. It's fine. just because teams right. turn over. Right, right. No, you're DFS no, probably right. will. Like, Thank you, Ethan. That's wonderful. <laughs> right. It's just hard because, like, you think about, like, okay, well, Kleba will go, right? But he's so important to them, and it's just hard to find guys who can guard everyone and protect the rim and hit three it is. $9 million a year. It is. It is. But we'll see. They have, a, they have a tall task ahead of them. Luckily, they have the hard part done in Luka. So we'll see what they do. Right, right. Okay, that's all I got. Thanks, Robert. I hope you come back. We'll talk soon. All right. We're going to fly through some folks so I can go to bed and then not sound like this anymore. Patrick, what's up? Some quick points. Um, I changed my profile pick to Maxi. You're going to bring him back. I appreciate that. Yeah. I I tried the bully route, but it's not working. So I mean, like, I really need him to get a new girlfriend. That's the route that that needs to happen. (laughs) Like, I still, just a quick sidebar. I still love the fact that when he had that crazy girlfriend who 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 DM'd Nick Angstad of the Locked On Mavs fame, y'all all know Nick, and basically it was like, you need to stop talking about how girls look at my boyfriend. Outstanding content. Dang, I missed that. I might have to like look through the... It's old shit when yeah. the Mavs were bad, but it's still fun. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so is, I guess Dinwiddie is the best um, trade deadline acquisition since Nicol- Nikolai Melli, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> now, it's nice to actually see a, um, I, I can't actually remember a lot of trade deadlines where we actually got as impactful of a player as Dinwiddie's been. <laughs> Not the case. That's, that's absolutely the truth. Yeah, I mean, like everyone else said, I mean, it's just like this is a game you really needed to win even as crappy and sloppy and just somehow seeing the Mavs actually end up on the right side of things is really a surprise. Like, it's just nice to see, especially when Luka has been really doing a lot. I mean, along with Dinwiddie, I guess, hitting the clutch shots. But the fact that, you know, every other starter scored in double digits, Dwight Powell matched the greatest big man of all, you know, all time. That was nice to see as far as points and rebounds. Like, they just did a good job. And Pat Bev, I mean – God, that dude, he's just something else. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, big, big win, much needed win, at least. Otherwise, I don't know how this green room would be right now. So, yeah, we, we'd all be freaking out. <laughs> Instead, we're just kind of vibes. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, those three teams, I mean, us, Denver, and Minnesota have a lot of, you know, similar, similar things. So, I mean, it's nice to actually be ahead of them. But, yeah, hopefully we collapse against Houston and move on. That's right. Well, thanks, Patrick. We'll talk soon, all right? Sure. Have a good one. Yep. Let's go with Frank. Hey, Frank, you've been waiting a while. Hey, what's going on, man? (laughs) Oh, God, sorry. meant to mute myself. Go ahead. Man, I know we all remember that – corny ass video from Josh Richardson whenever they were talking about the dogs are on the Oh my god. 
the reason why I bring that up is because that that jump ball, that green and Bullock, I don't know, I can't remember who they tied up, but that 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 gave me that epiphany about that particular that corny video and it it was really nice to see that because Minnesota I clamped might be strong word, but they kinda clamped Luca. And Luca, the last two there's so much tape in the playoffs. He is not gonna get more than ten good looks in the playoffs. He was getting all the looks in the world he wanted against PG and Kawhi and whoever the hell was guarding him in the playoffs. Like tonight and moving forward, it's sellout, dude. They are selling out on Luca. He he I'm my prediction is he's not gonna have those 46, 14 and eight games. He it's gonna be wins like this. It's gonna be you know, all the people hitting, you know, a few threes. And I mean, I counted like between six and 10, we missed tonight. Wide open, wide open. If we hit even three of those, and I know you, I, know I, you I agree. It was bad. Bunnies, you mentioned the four bunny layups that like Minnesota, you know, miss. Okay. Touche. But if we hit three of those eight or 10 that we missed, that's, I mean, and dude, I mean, I know I'm rambling, but it's going to take, get used to the, we need to win this way. This is how we have to learn how to win because counting on Luca for those 46, 14 and eights or whatever, you know, fill in the, whatever, you know, God mode things he does. I'm not saying he won't get one or two of those, but he's not about to average. Well, it's not healthy for the team. Like the team can't win that way over time. I think is fair. I mean, I, I think Luca was overpassing in the first half or really the first quarter. I also thought he was getting pissed because the refs were not calling kick balls where he was dribbling. Like Towns kicked two or three of his dribbles. Like I, I was rewinding and looking at it, and it's just oh, it's a Luca turnover. Like that's neat. I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised if on Friday, particularly against this Wolves team, if he gets pissed early and goes nuts. Um, but I think you're right against teams with length who are better than the Mavericks talent wise. Like he's just going to have to continually trust his teammates, and at some point. These guys are going to have to knock down shots. Now they did in the, you know, Bullock did throughout the game. And then, you know, DFS finally did in the fourth quarter, but it was, I mean, it was like quietly cringeworthy for parts of that game where the Mavericks weren't. Yeah, indeed. Um, I lost train of thought, but. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. It's you not, know, you're good. You're good. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be like that with Luca though. He, it's going to be, they're going to be selling out on him and he's, if you remember, it, it happened kind of quick, and, and it kind of fizzled out pretty quick. Uh, Luke in the third quarter came out firing. I think he shot like three threes in like the first four or five possessions of the half. And he's going to have to play more, to me, he's going to have to play more downhill because the, the thigh bulls and the six-foot-eight, you know, seven-foot wingspan guys, he can't overprobe with those guys. He can't overprobe. Yes. He likes to get people on his back. He it might work with Pat Beverly or, or Conley or Steph Curry, you know, guys that he can just punk. But those guys, he can't overpro. He he has to get downhill. He he got he, we had to get a little a little more pace against those teams that can put length on Luca. Not that Luca can't chop him up. Luca can sauce anybody up, but um, that's but we can't that that's if we know he's hot and he's going to score 20 points in the first quarter and we know he's a 40 bomb is inbound or something. But uh, my my whole point is I, I going back to the Josh Green and uh, the dog mentality. It's good to see having a real, you know, I don't care, like foul, 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 I don't care. If we're going to be that aggressive on defense and the scheme, if the scheme puts us in foul trouble, I'd rather it put us in foul trouble and put a lot of defensive pressure on guys like, I mean, dude, Ant, D'Angelo, those guys are, they've got crazy skill and they got clamped, I mean, by our scheme. And Powell is not the saloon door he used to be. I mean, I don't know, the revolution. I mean, that's that's coach of the year material enough for Jason. Sure. In my eyes. So, 
But I mean, I can go on. But this this is a playoff game tonight, and we need to get in our minds. And I think the team really needs to understand that the sellout is coming on Luca. He is not there. He's not about to sit there. And I mean, you remember that three pointer play? That three in game two of last year at the end of the half, it was a two for one, and Luca did some silly ass circus shot off the opposite foot, falling away three pointer. Do you remember that shot? I do. It that silly shit is not happening. So. <laughs> it's, it's playoffs now, and like you said, no more rest for the for the weary. If they're, if they're going to rest, Luca plays 25 minutes. I mean, they need to get they need to make sure they're not in the play-in, and then they can rest for a week because that that's when that play. Indeed, indeed. All right, man. Have a good night. Thanks. You too. Thanks for waiting. All right, let's go to Doe. What's up? Are you there, my guy? Yes, sir. Excellent. Yeah, tell us what you got. Hey, thanks for uh, doing the, the podcast, man. I appreciate it. I know you're not feeling eh, too good. I mean, I'd like to do it. We're, uh, I also have, like, selfish motives because, you know, you guys give me downloads, and, and I like downloads. So, hey. <laughs> oh, speaking of, great Daily Mass podcast. Well, thank you. I'm glad people like that. I, I'm going to try to do it more and more often i can't like it doesn't make sense to do it like tomorrow morning because we're talking right now but on these off oh yeah i like the uh tips you gave me about the jj reddick interview that with luca that was awesome man wasn't that good i I really appreciate reddick pulling that shit out of them it was it was really um the explanation for why like what he's looking at on drives was almost worth the entire Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And then, you know, when I was watching that, they gave me suggestions to watch the Patrick Beverly uh, talk about how uh, he handles uh, Luca. And it, it, that, that little tidbit was really good and juicy. It played just right into this game. So it was perfect. Oh, tonight it was, you know, typical playoff game, you know. I mean, the atmosphere was phenomenal, but it's like I was watching 90s Detroit Piston bully ball and hand checking. Which was I felt it went both ways. Like it was a very physical ball game. Yeah, it was. I, I was just happy they pulled off a win, you know. I mean, these are the close games that get you ready for the playoffs, you know. these This is the playoff start right now. You know, it gets the Mavericks in the right intensity. You know, that's all I got to say. I know you need to get off right. and stuff. Appreciate you doing these, man. Quite sure a bit. thing, buddy. We'll talk uh, Wednesday night after they beat the Rockets. Without a doubt. I'll be back on. All right. Talk soon. Be good. All right. Let's go to Christian. Hey, Kirk. Uh, I, you know, I'm not even going to ask how you're doing. Don't want to force you to talk any more than you need to. But um, if we lost this game, I was about to be furious just because I think the officiating was that horrendous and I hate blaming the officials. I, I hate any of that. Um, but there was just so like such clear cut, uh, like the towns out of bounds and all those things. I even had a coworker who's, um, an atrocious fan of the Lakers, uh, message me and say like, what, what is this officiating? I mean, that was one of the funniest screenshots. Uh, my, my friend Isaac sent me, tweeted a screenshot of it where it was just 
I mean, he's all the way out of bounds. It's like, what is the ref is looking right <laughs> at him? Like, I can get it if it's a bad angle. Like, you know, stuff happens. You know, the officials they they have to deal with a lot, and you know, I try to to not lean too much into that. But it's like, dude, you're looking right at him, and his whole leg is out about like. And and it, it led to points, and and that was officiating. There was just you know a lot, but at the end of the day, we won. Um, and the the biggest thing, and I think it you know we talked about it the last time we touched base. It's like the Mavs have really been in playoff mode, going on like a month now almost, um, and, and it's not going to tone down anytime soon. We we have. Uh, some games coming up. We the Jazz, obviously the Timberwolves, obviously. Uh, we have the Cavs. We have the Bucks. We have the Lakers, and so on. And then I think it's like April first. Uh, we're gonna have the game where we get to put Jalen Brunson on some seven foot three guy. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, you know this team will be a bit battle tested. Um, and, and I'm excited for that. Uh, one other kind of point is I, I, and it's not even as much for this season. It's for the future because Josh Green looked like he was just not an NBA player last year. He's shooting. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a bad time to bring this up because he sucked tonight, (laughs) even in 12 minutes, like he was just so bad. Um, but he has, and again, the volume, like a, you know, there, there's obvious, uh, you know, variables to it. It's low volume, just over one three a game. But he's close to thirty six percent, and really, most of his volume and most of his makes have come in this second part of the season, where if he gets an off season under him on a regular off season, which I. Th- think will be the first actual regular offseason he's ever had as a pro um he can actually be a functional rotational player hopefully he can you know be in the top eight of a rotation in the future i i don't see it this year um but getting back to what you were saying a bit earlier we we have options moving forward um that we just didn't have, you know, with uh, a max player that, you know, pulls in three rebounds a game. Um, so I, I feel comfortable that we can get into the second round. There's no matchup where it's like, oh, yeah, we're for sure getting in. It's going to be tough. It's, you know, every every team we're likely to go against will probably be right around 50-50. But I think tonight showed why Reggie Bullock is so important to this team. And I'm not even just talking about uh, the offensive game he had. I mean, he was huge. But he, the defense was clearly better tonight. And I think when you just add Reggie into this existing group, which obviously we've been missing, he changes the whole equation for us. Because you need, you you just need that second perimeter defender, and if they play, like I said, the officials were awful tonight. 
Maxi, I don't even want to get into it. Enough has been said on that. But this is how we'll win in the playoffs. And, you know, Reggie put in what, like 18, Dorian over 15 or 15 points, um, just on down the line, everybody contributing um, in some meaningful way, whether it was Dwight on uh, Cat and so on and so forth. But I'm pretty excited about this game. I think it showed a lot of what I wanted to see kind of heading into this stretch run prior to the playoffs. Um, and if we have our guys healthy, you know, I feel confident that we can battle against everybody. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to these, these last few games. And I, I really hope that kid, I, I don't think he said anything crazy, but he should get fined talking about these officials to try to get some calls going our way in these next few games that are going to be so critical, but um, you know, I appreciate you having me up. I'm going to uh, hop down, but you have a good night. I hope you too, buddy. Thanks. I just mainly need to sound better. I feel fine. I just sound like I have a four pack a day habits. Terrible. Logan, what's up, buddy? Logan. Hit the unmute button one more time. Hello? There. Hey, how you doing? I'm here. Um, well, good win. You got to be more excited, right? Or I guess you're yeah, sick. You know, what's going calm, on? Man, we'll call me. I am excited. I just, you know. Yeah. No, I got you. Well, it was a stressful game. Like when they took that, I was like, oh my god. Standing was just like, and losing two straight, of course. Um, can you hear me? A little bit. It's a little choppy. Are you on uh, cellular or are you on Wi-Fi? I'm on uh, I'm on my Wi-Fi. There's just some wind. Let me get to where you can. A little <laughs> bit better now. Yeah, it's a little bit better. What's that? Yeah, so go ahead. Uh, so I wanted to talk about – I'm sure you already talked about maybe because um, I just got in to the green room um, how kids said everybody else needed to show up. And then tonight yes. we had six people, 10 points plus. That was key. And so I, I've been watching a lot of, and this isn't like a looking forward to the jazz. I just have specifically been watching them because of the standings. And there's a lot of cultures that might not, like I'm just really proud of our culture because there's a lot of, like if Quinn Snyder said, yeah, Donovan Mitchell needs help and blah, blah, blah. Like there could be a reaction to that that wouldn't be positive. Like that joyless, bad, like they'll be playing well, but they do not look they look, there's like a let's get this over with kind of attitude. Um, I was another example. Oh, like if Rick was still coach, like this time last year, sure. there was these like statements. And I just think it's a, it's a good sign that it seems like we always have a kind of like answer the bell attitude as far as that stuff's concerned. Um, and I really think it matters for like the playoffs, like that Philly Brooklyn game where Philly got waxed. Uh, some Philly fans were like, that doesn't matter at all. And then there was like former NBA players being like, no, that was basically a playoff game. And I think like mentality, I mean, it just freaking matters, you know? Um, so it's a good sign that we have that. Um, what else was that going to say? I mean, Reggie was huge. It's really just the people that have to play. If we don't have him, it's, it's really the biggest effect. Like, we got a little bit of Frank minutes, but just the 
the chain reaction of missing one guy. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It's so big. Cause like Reggie, you know, like I think Brunson is probably like, is probably a bigger picture, like season wide, more important cog, but like you don't miss a guy like you miss Reggie game to game. Like Reggie and Dorian Finney Smith yes. are probably the two guys that make everything else. Absolutely. Well, because if you look across the NBA, like the Brooklyn Nets would die, Finney Smith. There are like multiple teams that, and I'm not saying he's some, I mean, we all know how good he is and what his limitations are, but like teams that really need those cogs. And as much as like, you know, I want us to get a second all-star, all these things, like in the end, the Reggie signing for whatever it is, like eight or nine million is a good signing. Like there's many teams that would take that. Um, what else? Sorry. I'm blanking. Uh, oh, well, as much as we've also kind of torn down Maxi and stuff, I don't really want to do that as much as to say that, like, if that particular spot, and call it, like, the stretch big who can also play some defense, if that was, like, a Toronto-era Serge Ibaka or something that we had, I mean, you could – we would maybe be, like, the second seed. Like, really, I don't think that's hyperbolic. Like, I don't know because his defense is so important to what they do. Because, I mean, like, you go back to the Boston game, and he was just wildly important and didn't score a point. And it's true. Like, well, I guess like I'm suggesting just, if you can find the guy that is two way that shoots that is oh, sure. big. Like I think that's I think that's I mean right, and everybody wants that. But uh, I've really been thinking a lot about like the Abaka Gasol tandem in Toronto, and obviously those dudes are really good, but they were also kind of towards the end of their career. Right. Oh, I at, totally. I think looking towards improving, it's not always like we need the rim protector. We do need that. But I think finding one of those two-way two way stretch guys like that, like if Maxi was that person, it would just be. Um, but one more thing before I go. Do you think there is a more beloved Maverick since the 2011 team besides Dirk and Luka? More than I'm sorry, that was a messed up question, but more than Dorian Finney-Smith. Do you think there's a more beloved Maverick since the 2011 team outside of our stars? I don't think there is. With, with Spencer, you mean Spencer Dinwiddie? No, I said Dorian Finney-Smith. Oh, that's a good... Eh. A, a, more, a more beloved Mav besides Dirk and Lucas since 2011. I don't think there yeah. is. I don't know. Like I have a, I have an, I have such a mixed relationship with Dorian because I'm really glad to have been proven wrong, but you know, it's like the people who tell me that, like, oh, Josh Green can become like Dorian. Well, no, he can't, because Dorian missed 500 fucking threes before he <laughs> to get, before he shot to get there. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like 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 Green's just never gonna get that chance. It's not his fault. It's just kind of a fact of life. Well, but I, I think that that he's real. Like for people who watch this team game in and game out, Dorian Finney-Smith is probably one of their favorite players. That's yes. that's what I'm yeah. referring to. Is like yeah. not just like. Um, yeah, he's been frustrating, but I think that's almost like part of it. Like, there, out of anyone on the team, he's the most one where like I get really sad when he when he messes up, and I get really elated when he does good. And I was like, I don't really know besides the stars who I've kind of had that much of. Like, uh, some people have said Dwight Powell because it's been the same thing. It's like you're really frustrated, then he's like Mr. Maverick, and then it's back and forth for every year. And uh, but whatever it is, I just I, I feel like, and I notice it on Twitter too that just like Dodo, heart and soul. I mean, I, I went from not uh, like not expecting Dorian to make shots to never like to getting mad that he doesn't make shots. So that that's yeah. 
and you can't like the clutch gene to an extent is kind of um hypothetical or not know, real man. but like he's every a, time he's a lot of big <laughs> shots in the closing minutes over i know the I, I know i'm starting to be like clutch clutch dodo so yeah but I was curious if you could come up with another one because I don't know one that's been as much of like an emotional See, that's tie-in. Hard for me because like like when I first started covering this team in like 2012 or 13, at one point I re- I recapped like 68 of 82 games, and like when I watch that closely, I end up hating everyone. Um, it's yeah. just like there's no <laughs> not a good you know like the the chat's talking about Monta. Like when Monta was fun, he was great. Um, yeah, I had friends a, who would that's be a close who, one. I had friends who didn't like super keep up with basketball, but would casually watch, and they would be like, "Monte Ellis is like really good for you guys, right?" And I'd be like, "Oh man, like well, it, n- it's a n- journey." N- <laughs> n- new dad in the chat, Josh is is pointing out JJ Brea, which I think is a good one. But oh, I think that is people a, very good. I, I think people the, like I hated JJ Brea as much as I loved him. <laughs> that I yeah. don't know. That's probably a good one. That's no, that is a great one. Yeah, that's that's actually the best one I can think of because some of those like the the Parsons Montalas Dirk like those teams weren't really quite like there was always a stress about it to me. I did not like love them like I love this team, and it might just be because of the Luca ceiling that we can imagine. But like I always just felt it kind of stressful. Maybe it's because like as Dirk aged out. It was just like, okay, this is a wheel spinning. Like the, the arrow is going down as opposed to up. But I, I just didn't have the same connection, even though I watched all the games. And, um, but JJ probably would have been that guy that I can think yeah. of. But, uh, yeah. thanks for talking, Kirk. I'll let somebody else get on. Sure thing, buddy. Talk soon. All right. Um, now from across the planet, my man is Sean. What's going on, dude? How you doing? What's up? What's up? It's Danny Amio. So it's a good start to the day. Right, I was, I was. The reason I didn't call you up earlier, so I was, you know, I'm letting you, you drink your coffee, wake up a little bit. So, but you, you, you know, you hopped in and, and basically, uh, uh you, I, I, I hold you responsible for the Mavericks winning because you hopped into a, a DM chat with me and basically said, "What the hell's going on here?" And then the Mavericks all of a sudden like got out of their. Yeah, they went on a ten and two run right after I complained about waking up to watch the Mavs lose. <laughs> so that was amazing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and like do that a little more often to make sure that some good things happen out of it. But Kirk, like I, I have some negative because I just woke up in that negative mindset. I know we won, but there are like a few problems that now, like because in this post deadline, post trade deadline uh, surge that we've had that we've overlooked. And I feel like now coming into the playoffs, we're done like being the scrappy overachievers. We need to be contenders. So I think we need to, as a fan base, be a little more critical going forward. Because the one issue that I'm seeing, like, and I've been waiting for this to go away, amazing run of wins since the trade deadline. Not one win in double digits, except Houston, which was still barely in double digits. We've blown so many leads and we've had to fight back. And it's really good to see us fight in the clutch like how we do. But we are a team that really puts ourselves in a commanding position at the end of the half and then shoots ourselves in the foot in the third quarter and have to fight back into it in the fourth quarter, which I really don't want the team to do. And uh, about what we're going to do in the offseason, one thing, guys, like for me, I just feel like it's definitely going to happen. Jalen Brunson is either going to be a Nick or a piston, and we're either going to get Mitchell Robinson or Jeremy Grant next year on our team. I just feel like the three-guard lineup might not be tenable for next year. 
I mean, I understand where you're coming from, where these games are kind of like like they wax and wane, where the Mavericks get a lead, lose a lead, et cetera. But that kind of comes back to the fact that I just don't think they have enough good guys. You know, it, it, it it's I always I wax and wane on how I feel about Josh Green. But when Josh Green isn't good, the Mavs often don't like when when he's not I'll put, not good. It's not fair. If he is if he is making mistakes, which he did tonight, for example, or if he's not hitting makeable shots, all of a sudden a particular lineup with him just looks terrible, and and that's more that's less a criticism of him and more kind of a, a note that the Mavericks' depth can't survive having Luca off the floor for more than four minutes at a time. I mean, Dinwiddie's been able to stymie that somewhat, but I feel like Brunson and Dinwiddie play like. Brunson and Dinwiddie don't vibe the way I would have thought because, you know, I don't know. I, I'm being a little critical of Jalen because I think he's over dribbling in situations sometimes. It's, you know, they've been winning a lot of games and I feel like I don't want to nitpick too much, but it just like tonight was a good example of, of, of what you're talking about where, I mean, the Mavericks are up by a ton and then they lose a lead. It was, I mean, it was not fun to watch. Yeah, and, like, I just don't want it to become, like, emblematic of the team going forward that this is something that all... Because now, with us doing better, we saw this, like, over the last two years, teams know what the Mavs are going to do. They are game planning for the Mavs, which is a good thing. They they respect us as op- opponents. And the more they do that, they will start realizing that Jalen Brunson has deficiencies in terms of his dribble. You force him to the left. Sorry, try to force him to the right because he can only go left. Like, that's an issue. And there are, like, small things that, again, like, again, I don't want to be nitpicky, but there are going to be issues that come, like you yourself said, five years from now, m- most likely we only have Luca from this core still there and probably DFS because of everything else. Like, even Luca wants him there for a long time. But there are going to be changes made. I watched the 2018 Villanova uh, run. It was my first experience watching, like, a proper college basketball March Madness run. I had no idea where Jalen Brunson would go. I'd seen mock drafts having right out of the first, uh, uh, out of the lottery of the first round. And I had him, I saw people put him 40th overall. So I'm happy we got that gem. I'm happy we have cultivated a gem like him. But if we do want to make that championship push, I do think out of all the assets we have, Jalen Brunson will most likely be the first movable asset and that is because of the amount of value we have added to him i think that's true i think that they've minimized aspects of his weaknesses and i don't know i've kind of disagreed excuse me i've kind of disagreed with the notion that i think he's worried about dinwiddie but he's also not played that great for i don't know four or five games now and it's it's not concerning because everybody's allowed to have down periods. Shout out to Maxi Kleba. It's just I've gotten so used to Brunson being reliable that when he's anything other than reliable, it kind of freaks me out. Yeah, because that is, I feel like, his crucial function to the team. Because, again, it's a Luka-centric offense. The other players need to do what they do consistently and well. Jalen Brunson, for his, like, being a sophomore, sophomore and a third-year player in the last few years... It was crazy to see like that kind of consistency from a player, but he is a very cerebral and smart player, so he knows how to play. And I'm not I'm not critical of him for having a down period. He's also probably adjusting to the team now with like Dinwiddie joining the team is the biggest like detriment for him. Also, quickly, whoever said we shouldn't be worried about Phoenix, 
You're crazy. I love it. That's the only I like the trash talk, though, because it's just, you know, it, it's got to be nice feeling that sense of confidence, whereas me, as my 20-plus years as a Mavs fan, I have only felt confident after the Mother's Day massacre in 2011. I like I, I grew up in, in Texas and then went to college in Southern California during the during the prime Shaq Kobe years. So I'm just like used to my Mavs fandom getting bitch slapped at me. So it's like anybody that's like, oh, I'm, I really think we're going to be good against this team that's nine games up from the second seed in the West. <laughs> I love it. I've watched, every, I've watched every single Suns Mavs games in the last two last three seasons. We always lose. When they were bad, we lost. Last year, we lost. This year, we lost. And it's not about them becoming streaky shooters. It's the same thing. We blew leads. And well, the Suns are a team. The Suns are a team that are designed to not let you come back in. They're a fantastic clutch team as well. And they're better. So they managed to stop us. Out of all teams in the Western Conference playoff bracket, the team I'm absolutely scared of is Phoenix. I think everyone should be. I mean, they're like nine games above 500. Uh, well, future second. future Maverick DeAndre Ayton. I don't know how he ends up as a future Maverick, but I'm just putting that into the universe. You know, if we just you know manage to steal him from the Suns by like whacking Robert Sarver over in the head, like that's you know that that's what I'm I'm getting at. You know, we we need uh, some. I luck. think Portland or New York's about to overpay for DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there is an overpay for him. That dude is amazing. I I didn't think he'd be very good just because of the way he talked about wanting to be a power forward in college. And he's basically accepted that his job is to be Adonis and just block yeah. out the sun, rebound, dunk, and hit the occasional hook shot. I mean, oh, God, he'd be so perfect. But that's why he was the number one. Yeah, like, he's phenomenal. Even then, like, I I got into, like, I was a big Luka fan because I was a football fan. So I knew of this Real Madrid basketball player. But, like... I think every every time I read about drafts at the time, I, I didn't follow drafts much before 2018. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was like, I feel like his talent is undisputable. So is Lucas, and Lucas obviously the better pick. But yeah, you pair them up, you know, it might be magic. I'm gonna hop down if anyone else wants to pop up. Oh yeah, I got I got my get a number of people, but after a victory, yeah. I, I usually try to celebrate. So thanks, Sean. We'll talk soon. All right. All right, let's fly through. Sonic, tell me. Hey, Kurt. Uh, a couple things. Um, first, yeah, I, is this this has to be a candidate for the worst officiating game of the year, both sides. But but I feel like especially for the Mavs, I mean, some of that stuff was terrible. Um, I have no idea like, if if it's possible. I don't hear it talked about enough. But how in the world does the league like do something to like? you know, make refs fireable at the end of seasons. I don't know if the, the NBA player association needs to do something, the coaches association, but like something that's like, you know, bad refs need to be cycled out somehow, but I'll, it doesn't have, I don't want to talk about that all this whole time. <clears throat> the thing I wanted to mention, a couple things I want to mention though, that's the weirdest thing. Did, did this game, did it not get kind of weird between Luca and Pat Beverly tonight? <laughs> like, yes. I mean, I kind of expected it. I mean, yeah, but like more so than I've ever seen. I mean, that that butt slap that Pat Bev gave Luca, like right after that, I don't know whatever foul call he got. Like, what the world is that? 
I've never seen a player on the opposing well, team. Well, so they share the same agent. And going back to 2019, before he signed with the Clippers, there were some discussions, and he did some Twitter flirting with Luca. Luca also obviously put him in prison in the first match. Sure. So it's like, and he he and Luca have a little bit of a, you know, punching up sort of situation yeah. for Pat Bev. And yeah. I think that like Pat Bev, like this is just how that. I don't want. Who cares? No one's gonna get listened this far. This is how Pat Bev gets off. Like he loves that shit. And and Luca just kind of rolls with it because there's nothing to be gained from him sure. other than I think like Luca needed that sort of slap in the mouth. Sure. I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I do get a, a definite sense of like this is actually like a frenemies relationship that Luca almost kind Absolutely. of in, enjoys this ribbing. But like, th- I mean, that just made the whole thing really weird, weirder than I've ever seen any other like competitive riffing. Yeah, no, I don't remember an ass slap quite that that <laughs> aggressive in. I mean, I mean, any situation. Be, in, in any other situation, would that not have been a tech? I mean, <sighs> seriously, it was weird. It was so, but Luca also like, so this had like, I, I look for this sort of stuff in NBA games. Cause this happened to me once at a YMCA when I was like 14 years old, I was playing a varsity basketball player and I pissed him off at some point, dude stepped on my foot as he was driving and then pushed me to the ground. And Luca did that to Beverly on that drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, he did deserve it. But so, um, the next thing, I only got a couple. I won't be talking about it. But why in the? I mean, I, I know, I know the entire scheme with the defense. Um, like we can't play Boban. It's just it's not the scheme that we need. I, I kind of expect Boban is going to get traded or or something's going to happen with him later because it just doesn't fit what I think kids trying to do. But why in the world did they not put him in on those last two free throws for a rebound? Like, I don't know. That why? was peculiar. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like. Out of any situation that can possibly like play, like I, I just that that just didn't make any sense to me. And the last thing, um, as far as Maxi goes, I, I have a new take on that. I genuinely think looking, I looked, I went and looked back at like the season progression for Maxi, um, seeing like even kind of went scan through the games to see like, well, does, is he really prone to like what slumps has he had? Is this as bad as he's ever had? And I, I'm convinced now. I think. Um, Maxi and Dodo both kind of, as they went through the maps together, have had very similar progressions, I think, with their three-point percentage and them gaining confidence and everything. It really feels like Maxi has just, like, dumped all of his confidence onto Dodo for Dodo's contract year because I don't, I don't know how to make sense of it any other way. Yeah, I don't – the Maxi stuff is so far over my head at this point. I just don't even know what to do. I like to yeah. – I just like to think he's getting his previous slump. Yeah, I've heard another commentator said, like, the, the best thing the Mavs could do for him right now is get him a, a sports psychologist. Like, get him on a, in a you know, on a couch and let him get through his – like, what's going on in his right. head because he's got the yips in the worst way. So Right. All right. That's all I got for you. Have a good night. Thanks. Talk soon. All right, uh, DJ, you've been waiting forever. I apologize. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Kirk? Uh, I actually just got home from the game. Awesome. Um, it was a good time. Um, I was actually, uh, uh, where was I? I think I was like maybe four or five rows up from behind the uh, Wolves bench. Um, so it was a good game. Um, a couple of things I did want to point out. Um, 
with Jalen Brunson, I mean, it's not it's not that he's like playing terrible or anything. I think he's just in a weird spot where he's kind of finding that balance of playmaking and scoring because he's only had what 11 assists in his last five games and he had zero tonight, but he's still um, like shooting the ball pretty well, at least above 50% over like four of his last five games. So it's not too much to complain about there, but it's just something to watch. I, I I tend to I tend to agree. It was, it was you know some odd aspects of tonight's game, but I don't know. <clears throat> I think when they play on Friday, we'll see a very different game in the sense of either I think the Mavericks like absolutely slap the the Minnesota Timberwolves off the floor or the other way around. <laughs> I don't think we'll. No, like but this one had more of a playoff feel to it. I think the next one will definitely either be a blowout in the Mavs' favor or a blowout in the Wolves' favor. But I feel like the Mavericks just kind of got away with this one just because there were at least two or three drives where Anthony Edwards, that guy, is a fucking train coming to the rim. He's a big he missed man. a couple layups. He, he is a much him. bigger man. Like, I think like, – I read something that he grew between last season and this season because he's just such a young guy. I mean, he is enormous. Like, he's uh, just so broad and heavy. Man, he's going to be – Oh, I agree. He he definitely got at least maybe two inches taller and maybe 10 or 15 pounds. I mean, bigger. my, my, like, my really just, super secret huge. take on tonight's game is that Russell got – like sort of got them out of it. And I want it like if, if Edwards has the ball more, I think they win more. I, it's probably not a rational take because Russell's been very good this year, but I've watched enough of Russell to think I wouldn't want to play that. Yeah. He's, he's more of a pick your poison type of player. Like he's either going to shoot the lights out and win the game for you or shoot the piss out of it. And not when the game he was. he hit two first quarter shots against the Mavericks and I was like okay this is either gonna be very good or very bad and I don't and then but Edwards missed those layups like it was there were some odd things that really worked out yeah um Cat missed a few bunnies um it it was just it was a weird game like and I feel like the Mavericks really got away with it but luckily. The the other guys on the team just kind of picked up Luca because you know he didn't have that great of a game, but he he fought his way through it. But it's nice to see Reggie Bullock back from the game that he had, and um, Spencer Dinwiddie continuing to play well. Jalen Brunson still played an okay game. Dorian <clears throat> turned a bad game into a good one, and, and Dwight Powell we didn't even mention him yet. He was he was awesome tonight despite fouling out. That's right. <laughs> Well, thank you, guys. No, that's that's all I got for tonight, Kirk. Have a good one. You too. All right, let's see if there's anybody else waiting. I think we had one more. Abdullah, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Hit that unmute button and tell us what you got. Give him just a second because I saw him hit the mute button immediately upon coming on stage. So you got to pull yourself out of the chat and look at the um, – there we go. Hello, Mr. Serious Face. I'm doing well. How are you? I am better than I sound, I promise. <laughs> I just have a quick question. I used to would, uh, would get us a, let's say, mid to late first round pick if we trade him. 
Who, it, Don't think that's the case right now. If we trade who? I'm sorry. Maxi. Maxi Kleber. Oh no. Yeah, I don't think we'd get any, I don't think we'd get anything cuz he's he's over 30. His he's still very good on defense, but like he's shooting one of his worst three-point seasons. Like he shot something like 32% from November on, yeah, which is yeah. really bad. He's 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 just he's just terrified of shooting the ball. Which is strange because he's been so good at exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean, at the end, he is from Würzburg, Germany. He should be a decent shooter, at least. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the problem is, it's like dudes over 30, like a guy like him who just kind of has waning athleticism, you know, <clears throat> he could be a guy that falls off a cliff. And so I, I just don't foresee being able to get much of, like, <clears throat> I also think teams value draft picks a lot more than they used to. I just yeah. don't see, like, that's really what it is. It's, in so much, it's not so much him as it is, I think, draft assets are just very important to teams. Uh, no, no, it's him. It's him, for being honest. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, up, up until mid, let's say, January or um, December of last year, he was at least worth, let's say, a pick anywhere between 23 and 30. Right, right. Right now, if we get a second-round pick, I think we'd be lucky. Plus a serviceable role player. I don't know. I'm just I really love draft off. picks. Give me all the draft picks. I think I of course love draft every picks. every Mavs fan, every Mavs fan loves draft picks because we never fucking use our draft picks. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really sad. All I do when I sit around by myself is, is just imagine. Oh, if we drafted Desmond Bain. Oh, if we drafted fucking whoever. Anyone. We never drafted. It's so painful. Yeah. Exactly, it's annoying, and you see how Memphis are building their team. You see how other teams are building their team. It's it's really frustrating, and I and, and I honestly don't think that Luke is a good guy as Dirk was. He doesn't give a fuck about uh, loyalty or staying with one team. And I don't another. blame him. Life's too short. I, exactly, exactly. And my, my biggest my biggest issue with Dirk is is that he was too nice yes. of a star player. He was also a terrible uh, uh, assessor of talent, as he is the one who wanted the Rajon Rondo trade. But that's not his job again. Right. It's not his job to assess. But they let him say it. Exactly, because he's the superstar. It's it's annoying. I love it. Hopefully, hopefully, whatever's going on between Mark Cuban and Nelson ends up with Cuban sending the team. Although I seriously doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm But we can only hope. I'm not supposed to chat about that, is what I'll yeah, say. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> understandable. But I will say, I do think it will mean him taking a less forward-facing approach, um, mm-hmm. which is all I've ever wanted in a sense of, and I didn't get, I cower, I, I chicken shit it out and didn't ask, didn't ask him, you know, what do players think about this? Whereas there was like a, <clears throat> there was a good Mavs.com piece about Jared Dudley. Okay, mm-hmm. like talking about his place as a coach. And at the tail end of that article, Dudley made a comment, which I'm probably reading too much into, but it basically said, you know, <clears throat> like people and other players and other coaches are like 50-50 on Mark Cuban. And I'm like, that's bad. They shouldn't have an opinion at all. And so exactly. I think that, that with the group that they have now, you know, Cuban seems to be more than willing to let Nico work. And Michael Finley is really an undervalued part of this as our fan stuff is concerned. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with a real offseason. Let's hope so, because we've been looking forward for what now, ten years now? It's it's, <laughs> really, it's really annoying. It's really annoying. Especially when you wait as an international fan, when you wake up at fucking three, two, four AM 
it's 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 frustrating. Well, you're a them. fucking hero. All of you guys are heroes that do this stuff that are overseas. Because it's like when I was one hour ahead, I acted like it was a war crime if I had to stay out late. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, uh, you do what you have to do. It's annoying, but whatever. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you for uh, for hanging out and talking to oh, us. Thank you. Thank you for talking. Have a good night. All right. Talk soon. All right, guys. So schedule. Be looking for a podcast from me probably on Wednesday morning. Josh and I will be back for the Rockets uh, postgame stuff because that game's a little bit earlier. And hopefully I will not sound like I have a four-pack-a-day habit. You guys be good. Enjoy your Tuesday, and we will talk soon. Bye, guys.